So very excited about this day and about our purpose for gathering, which every Sunday is to proclaim the name of Jesus. We just do that through a different set of means today, okay? And that is through the waters of baptism. So uh, just to keep you abreast of a couple things that are coming up on our calendar as a church family, we are going to be doing our Vacation Bible School program uh, early. Uh, if that happens, that's usually static related, so just ignore it, okay? I know it's hard to ignore, but, all right? So that's going to be June 19th through 23. Here's the thing we want to ask you. Be watching your email so that we can limit the number of announcements we have to do in the context of our Sunday morning. So if you guys uh, just keep an eye on what's happening in the email realm, uh, you'll get all the data you need and you'll have the contact information that you need as well. Okay, uh, one other part of our ministry that has been growing and the needs there have been increasing is our child care ministry. So if you have interest in helping out with that, uh, excellent place for couples to serve together, uh, make sure you see Christine uh, Kiera about that. And then there are two new small groups that are starting uh, in a couple weeks. The details for that all, are again, are on email. Uh, Don, Sandy, and Christina are going to be doing the study called Jesus and Women. That'll be a Sunday night study. And then Dave and Laura Rader are going to be doing a study called Seamless, and that'll be on Wednesday nights from 7 to 9. That begins the first week in the month of May, and I think that runs about six weeks. So that's a, a nice bite-sized small group that you can get involved in. The other thing we want to uh, encourage you with is sending cards to some of those in our church family that have specific needs. And we'll push the addresses out on email, but it's really been a great encouragement. I know Linda Matthews mentioned that just getting the cards has been such an encouragement to her heart as she walks through this season of struggle. Uh, she's gone through a couple weeks recently that have been uh, fairly encouraging in terms of good progress, so we're grateful for that. I wanna encourage you to uh, continue to be in prayer for her. But one of the things that you can do, since calling is hard and visiting is hard because of the amount of time involved for her uh, and for Diana as well, we wanna encourage you to take some time to sit down and write a card of encouragement to them and send it to them, okay? Uh, all right. The other, only other person I wanted to mention by name is Tim Dorier. Uh, Tim has been at this church since the first Sunday that I came to this church 35 years ago. Okay, and Tim's been going through uh, an issue with his back. Uh, he's got some bulging disc, and uh, we're just asking you to pray for him. He ended up in the hospital for three days this week, so that'll tell you the severity of what he was going through. Uh, so we want you to be aware of that and be upholding him in prayer. So I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and then we're going to go into our season of worship and song. So let's stand together before the Lord. So, Father, as we come before you this morning, we're grateful for the reason that we gather, and that is to exalt, to magnify, and to glorify Jesus Christ. It's to think about what he has accomplished for us and to celebrate the forgiveness that we have in and through your work, Lord Jesus Christ. So we pray that you would be glorified above everything uh, in this service that we share today. Thank you for the encouraging news uh, related to uh, Linda Matthews, and we continue to pray, Father, just that your hand of healing would work beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. We trust you, Lord, uh, to work on her behalf in that very beautiful way. We pray the same as we have repeatedly for our sister Diana, God, that there would be healing. I pray for Tim Dorier. We, uh, just, we thank you for his service in our church family. 
And I pray that you will strengthen his body, that you will raise him up and allow him to effectively serve with us together. Uh, we also lift up uh, Honore Falabi and his wife, Kim, for the ministry in Togo that they are involved with. Thank you for the partnership that you've drawn us together uh, into uh, with that mission work. And we trust that your word would be mighty and, and powerful in that country. Pray that you would meet every need that they as a family have in their uh, work and ministry. And Lord, I pray for those that are being baptized this morning. Uh, Lord, it is a beautiful day. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to exalt the name of Jesus. And we pray that that would happen, Lord, this morning, that there would be clarity in testimonies and beauty in the waters of baptism as they proclaim Jesus Christ as our Savior. So we love you, and we pray that as we sing, that our praises would rise to you and honor you and glorify you. And we pray for these blessings in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Let's worship him together. Yeah. 
turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes to the hillside where justice and mercy embrace. There the Son of God gave his life for us, and our measureless debt was erased. Jesus, to you.
Father, we sing hallelujah to you. Not because of us, not because of what we've done, what we've thought, but because of Christ and Christ alone. Christ, thank you for dying for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for, for forgiving our sins and giving us hope both now and in the life to come. In that we greatly rejoice. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I, I was uh, given the task to give a uh, short introduction to baptism. Somebody said, right, all right over there. But fear not, I'll be back next week with a full-blown message. Okay, so, so you're not getting off that easy, Elizabeth. Forget it. You know, when my, uh, my kids were young, they didn't like, some of them didn't like vegetables very much. And you know, sometimes we'd sit down at the table and I'd say, now children, you need to eat these vegetables. And they, dad, why do I have, you know, you, you know what they're like, right? Maybe you were there, maybe your kids are there. And I don't know, maybe you came in today and you saw this tub here with water in it and thought like, uh, what is this? I like, what is this stuff? Or maybe you're visiting, you're going like, I, I was asked to come out. One of my relatives is getting baptized. What is this? 
Why would you baptize people? It's a really good question. Jesus commands it in Matthew chapter 28. He tells us as we share our faith with other people and as people trust in Christ as Lord and Savior in Christ alone, they're supposed to get baptized and stand before a group and say, I am a forgiven follower of Jesus. Jesus commands it. The church practices it. If we had time, we could just run right through the book of Acts. And what you'll find again and again and again, people trust in Christ alone as Lord and Savior. And as soon as possible, they get baptized. And if you listen to the apostles, they spend all kinds of time in the letters of the New Testament explaining it. So why do we do this? It was important to Jesus. It was practiced by the church, and the apostles talked about it. That's a pretty good reason to do it. We're commanded to do it. But what is baptism? I mean, we have several candidates that are, are they, where, where, where's all my, it's all, okay, okay, I'll just look over here. Okay, so right over here. Every individual sitting over here today has already trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They are going to heaven because they have found forgiveness in Christ. We are saved one way, by grace, through faith alone. There's nothing magical in this water. Kind of wish there was, because I'm going to be in it in just a couple minutes. But, um, <laughs> but there's not. James and I are going to be in there, and we're going to just come out dripping wet. That's it. All right? Nothing magical. This is not the way you become a Christian. This is what you do because you're already a Christian. See the difference? And so it's in baptism that you declare. Paul tells us over in Romans chapter 6, it's a picture of being united to Christ into his death, burial, and resurrection. And you'll watch. We're going to take folks and we're going to take them backwards down into the water. They've been, it's picturing their union to Christ into his death, burial, and then we bring them up again. Aren't you glad? And we bring them up again because <laughs> resurrection. Do you see? So, so the way we baptize is very significant. It's a picture. It's a picture of what's already true in their life. They've been united to Jesus Christ into his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so we rejoice. This is one of my favorite services through the year, just to hear how God transforms lives. So what I'm going to do, because I'm supposed to be in there, I'm going to do a Clark Kent I'm going to pop in. I got my swimsuit underneath here. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. I'm going to pop there. James is going to do the same. And then we're going to hop in there. And Tim's going to come up here and then lead us um, and with the testimonies. But I'm thinking, do I see Tim? Yeah, right. Ah, Tim. Okay. And as he normally sits over here, I'm thinking like, where's Tim? So Tim, let me turn it over to you. So uh, here's a question, all right? Everybody that is getting baptized today didn't beg for an opportunity to speak in front of a lot of people. <laughs> okay, so I just want to make that clear. Nobody said, you know, Pastor Tim, I just love getting in front of people and talking. Okay, it's probably, I think my understanding from studies and research is that it's the number one fear that people have, and I understand that. 
So I, tell, I told the teenagers on Wednesday night at our Bible study, I said, I get nervous every time I get in front of people, okay? They said, well, you seem comfortable. I said, I'm a disaster inside, okay? <laughs> Uh, even for a service like this, where I'm going to be in, you know, when you're in front of people, what do we tend to do? We tend to become very self-conscious. And we tend to be very concerned about what people think about us. That's my natural, sinful tendency. Okay? Because what I really want is your approval. More than I want God to be glorified. Okay? Does that make sense? So I can be overwhelmed by a fear of man that causes me to want something out of ministry that God never intended for me. He intended it for himself. And so what happens in the sharing of testimonies and the reason we have individuals that are being baptized share their story of coming to faith in Christ is that this is about Jesus. It's at the end of the day, when I'm done, it should be that people should have a clearer view of Christ and understanding of how he's worked in my life. So I distinguish it in this way when I share with those that are getting baptized. I, I distinguish the difference between a testimony and a biography. Okay? And I'm going to give you an illustration that hopefully helps you to grasp that. Okay? Okay. Uh, a few years back in New York State, in the winter months, there was a car that veered off the road and into a river that was partially frozen. That car broke through the ice and started to sink. There was a female driver. A truck driver was going by and saw the catastrophe happen, stopped his truck, got out of his truck, went out onto that ice, rescued that woman, and lost his life. Okay? So here's why I'm telling you that story. I admire the heroism of that man. He took a risk. He didn't choose to die. He took a risk. My Savior did not take a risk. He chose to die. Okay? And the woman that was rescued from that car by the heroic act of that truck driver when she stood for her press conference, if she made it about her, you would have one word, and that is pathetic. Because what she had to glory in was the saving act, the heroism of a truck driver who risked his life and eventually gave his life for her saving. And as these folks that are being baptized share their testimony, it's about what we just sung about. Christ, our hope in life and death. And so as, as we walk through that process and encourage people to think about what to share, it's really about Jesus at the end of the day. And uh, that is the aim and purpose for which we have folks share their story of faith in Christ, okay? Because again, as I said, none of us want to get up in front of people and talk, okay? But if I have an opportunity to glorify and exalt Jesus, that's a beautiful thing. One of the young people at our youth group on uh, Wednesday night, she was baptized at our last baptism service. She said, Pastor Tim, the thing that encouraged my heart as I was preparing for baptism was we sang songs about Jesus. And in that moment, I realized that's what I'm supposed to do in my testimony is to share what Christ has done for me. So I'm going to ask, uh, so we have Jose and Nerissa are going to come, a lovely husband and wife team. So we're going to have uh, them both come up together. Okay, I've never done it this way, but 
we're doing it, okay? So we're going to have, uh, Jose, you can slip. Yeah, you can come right around the back there. All right. So we're so grateful for you guys, and uh, my heart was blessed by your testimonies, and I look forward to having you share them, okay? Okay, you want to do him first? All right. Hi, um, I'm Jose, and I'm here to give my baptism testimony with you. Uh, I was born and raised in a Christian home, and church involvement and Sunday service was a b big part of my life as a child. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and in my teenage years, I grew up uh, in a home, and I had to be deathly ill or no longer on this planet to miss Sunday service or not to go to church. But I'm so blessed to live in a home where my mother set an example for me as a follower of Christ, and she continues to still recognize him as the center of her life. As I grew older, my relationship with God grew weaker, and I stopped going to church, and I began to live a selfish life without God. But I was empty and unfulfilled. But in 2018, I lost my job of 24 years, and I went through a terrible depression. And luckily, my mother was there, and my family was there for me. And um, she told me to go to church one Sunday, and I went, and I felt the Holy Spirit, and I decided to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I felt such a calmness and joy. And I'm so excited today to be baptized. And uh, sometimes God takes us through troubled waters, troubled waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. <laughs> As I want to read a Bible verse to you, Peter 321, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, but not removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for his good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you. And this is truly a glorious day because my wife, Narissa, and my son, Jaden, are also getting baptized. And I thank God, and God is good. Thank you so much. I'm Narissa, I'm his wife. Um, as a baby, I was baptized Catholic, but never really went to church after that. At five years old, my mom and I moved to Puerto Rico to live with my grandmother. And my grandmother followed the Catholic religion, and it was mandatory to follow her lead. We went every Sunday to Mass and prayer nights on Wednesdays. Every Friday, I went to catechism to prepare for First Communion. And in these classes, it was more about learning to recite prayers and less about building a relationship with God. As I was getting older, my mom and I moved out, moved out and my Sundays had changed. I no longer had to go to church. We still believed in God, but life was busy. At 15, I knew I had to do confirmation because I was taught that the sacraments had to happen, otherwise you were not holy enough. I did my confirmation, 
And since the next one was matrimony, I felt like going to church only on special occasions was the right thing to do. Years later, I moved to New Jersey and started my life as an adult. Life was happening. I didn't go to church, only prayed if I needed something. And if my results were good, I didn't truly thank God with my heart. It was more like spitting out the phrase, thank God, if you all know what I mean. <laughs> when I started having children, I knew it was important to baptize them, but did not follow through like my grandma would. I started learning about the culture, other cultures that wouldn't follow the sacraments, so I didn't feel like I had to anymore. <laughs> In our home, we will talk about God. I taught my kids to love him and respect him. And we will go to church on special occasions like holidays. When my two older kids were eight and five, we started attending a Baptist church. Thought it was kind of like of a happy medium since my husband grew up Pentecostal and I grew up Catholic. <laughs> That's where I was saved. The con they constantly insisted on getting baptized, but I didn't see why I had to since I was already baptized as a baby. In the Catholic religion, they always said there should only be one baptism, like it says in the Bible. And I didn't agree, um, I didn't agree going against my grandma's beliefs because I always felt like she was such a saint. So I stopped attending church. Again, we went on holidays and life went on. Years went by. Now at this point, I had three kids. When my little one started talking, she would tell me, mommy, we go to church. And I had no idea where she was getting that from. We would drive by the Baptist church we used to attend and she would point at it and say, mommy, that's our church. I didn't understand how she would know that because she wasn't even born when we attended that church. The Holy Spirit was using her to get my attention. Jesus was calling and I kept ignoring. Unfortunately, something devastated, devastating for me had to happen to make me fall on my knees. I experienced a pain like never before. I was so broken. I knew that the only one that could fix it and restore me was God. I went back to the Baptist church. I surrendered everything to the Lord and asked God to take care of it all because I couldn't. That Sunday service happened to be a baptism day. The man getting baptized had so much joy when he came out of that water and cried so hard I felt it. That That's when I said I want to feel what he's feeling and I want to get baptized. This was three years ago. You're probably wondering why so long, but it just had to happen at God's time. These three years have been molding me, cleaning me from the inside out, and helping me understand why everything happens. He took me out of my old setting, put me in a new place I, call, I now call home. New views, new church, new friends, new routines, new lifestyle, new me. Everything fell into place. He had it all ready for me. He was patiently waiting for me. And he didn't care how long he had to wait. Today I can say I am saved. I have a relationship with our Lord Savior. 
I talk to him every day. We drive, eat, parent, cry, laugh, celebrate everything together. Sometimes I feel selfish because I forget he has other children. <laughs> I don't have to worry anymore because he takes care of it all. The brokenness I had is healed. I've been restored to new again, and I'm grateful to be able to share this experience with you all today. My favorite Bible verse is Joshua 24:15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you take yours? Thank you. All right, Nurse Web, you go first. Isn't it a joy? Yeah, okay. Isn't it a joy to hear these testimonies of what Christ has done? We greatly rejoice in it. Narissa, do you confess that you're trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ alone as the basis of your salvation? Yes, I do. Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jose, thank you for your testimony. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ alone, shed blood as the basis of your salvation? I do. On the profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jaden is, uh, I'm not sure if he or Leanna is the youngest getting baptized today, but uh, Jaden is part of our youth group ministry, has been a really tremendous blessing to all of us, and uh, it's so beautiful to see uh, you all being baptized together today. So uh, Jaden's going to share his testimony with us. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Jaden. Being raised by a mother from a Catholic religion and a father from a Pentecostal faith always made the gospel difficult for me to grasp. Our family would attend church during holidays, but it was always a chore. My mother would sometimes remind me that I was born on Easter Sunday, but that fact didn't have much weight to me. I thought my birthday just happened to lie on another insignificant holiday. Since I was very young, I had the problem of comparing myself to others around me. I felt like 
there was some love missing in my life and and that I needed more like friends or just to be in like relationships like my friends were. About two years ago, a series of events occurred that caused a lot of turmoil in between some of the members of my family. This propelled us to move houses and attend church consistently here at the chapel. At first, the move was exciting since it was a fresh start at a new smaller school. I thought this would finally be my time to shine and receive that love I'd been longing for. I put up a facade and started to act as a person I wasn't in efforts to please others. At church, nothing was really getting through to me. I didn't have much desire to learn more about God. Eventually, my mom forced me to go to youth group here at the chapel. This is where I met some of the most welcoming people I've ever met in my life. The welcoming nature of these people puzzled me. It was foreign to me, so I rejected it. And as time went on, the, as, as, as time went on, though, my heart softened and I became better friends with the people at youth group and church. This led me to going to my first ever youth summer camp, Camp Calvary. At camp is where I finally got to hear the gospel in a way that I could actually understand. Although things were uncomfortable at first, I gave it a chance and that was the best thing I could have ever done, which was give it a chance. I was enlightened by so many truths that I realized I had been oblivious to my whole life. There was an unexplainable spiritual atmosphere around me at camp and I didn't want to leave that. When I got home from camp, I told myself I was going to turn away from my sin and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. One verse I learned during camp was Psalm 34.1, which reads, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I would love to share this verse with people, but as many months passed, I noticed I wasn't abiding by that verse. I thought I was saved, but I was slowly falling back into sin and making compromises in my faith. I was not born again. I got sucked back into the everlasting pit of trying to please others. This caused me to seek ungodly relationships and pleasures of the world. I was valuing the conditional love of others over God's unconditional love. Job 33:15 through 17 says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn them from wrongdoings and keep them from pride, to preserve them from the pit, their lives from perishing by the sword. One night, I had a, such a real feeling dream where I was put to death, being put to death on a, an electric chair of some kind. I saw nothing but blackness once I was dead, and I wondered if that was it, if there was nothing after death. I, I asked myself, is there a heaven, is there a hell? Then I started to feel warmth that then turned into heat, and that heat eventually became flames that became unbearable. I woke up in the middle of the night terrified, and that's when I knew I had to get right with God. As we were approaching the new year, I was at an extreme low mentally. I was consumed with stress from school and relationships, and I was exhausted. I knew in my heart I had to turn back to God, but I didn't know how. I finally decided enough was enough, and I just prayed. I prayed that God would forgive me and relieve me of this pain and give me some kind of clarity. And he did, and it did not take long. It was almost night and day how things began to change in my life with prayer. 
And that is when I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I was born again. I trusted in the fact that the work of the cross is enough, and that is the truest, the most perfect love anyone can receive. Once I changed my mindset, I had no longer had those worldly desires. I knew they could never fill me like the love of God does. 1 John 4.18 says, Perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. That's all I have. Amen. the Lord. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> to see what God is doing in your life, Jaden, it's just, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Mm. Jaden, do you confess that you are trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ alone as the basis for your salvation? Yes. Based upon your profession in Jesus Christ and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Ha, ha, ha. 
Leanna Vents is one of the more gentle uh, young people that I think I've met. If you get to talk with her, you'll probably come to the same conclusion. So Wednesday night at youth group, she was in a rather aggressive mood. We were playing a game called Speedball. <laughs> and somehow she thought it would be nice if I was flat on my back, <laughs> which I was. And there are youth here that can testify that she did that to me. The only thing that's good for you is that I'm not the one baptizing people today. <laughs> so we're going to have Leanna share her testimony and then have the others baptize her. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Leanna Vents. I'm 17 years old, and I'm going to be sharing my testimony today. So growing up, I was raised in a Christian home. I grew up learning Bible stories, coloring pages with verses, attending church, and learning the books of the Bible song. Although I knew all this by heart, I never truly understood what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. As I got older, to me, Jesus was more, was more of an acquaintance rather than anything else. I really wasn't grasping the fact of who Jesus really was and what I actually meant to him. And in all honesty, wasn't in much of a hurry to find out. Seeing other Christians, even younger than me, being a lot closer with him confused me. It even became something I envied. I thought I wasn't good enough for Jesus. I thought that I sinned too much and that I could never be worthy of Christ and that he wouldn't love me. But what I didn't understand was the fact that his death was proof, proof of his love for me. For years, Jesus was asking me to accept him with open arms, just like he was for me. I really wanted to fix my relationship with Christ, so I tried, but it was always on and off. Some days I was passionate about it, and some days I wasn't. But that's the thing. This faith isn't based on feelings. It's based on knowing that he is there. For a while, I really lacked that, but, after, but later it got on worse after my dad had passed away. I felt hopeless, depressed, and wasn't sure what to do. I was furthest I had ever been from Christ and really thought that he wasn't there. This was something I dealt with for a very long time, and this caused me to be really numb and not find much joy in anything. But then something really good happened. I was invited through church to attend Camp Calvary, which I really was dreading. After some convincing, I finally considered it, and little did I know this would be the biggest blessing yet. Being at Camp Calvary, completely surrounded by other Christians my age, made a huge difference. There was a lot of fun, but most importantly, there was a lot of Jesus. I was constantly encouraged by fellow cabin mates, counselors, and friends who made me feel encouraged to follow Jesus. I felt incredibly moved and overwhelmed in a good way. I really felt Jesus' presence right there and saw the love being poured out around me. I can't explain the feelings I had during those four days, but Jesus really touched me. If it wasn't for that camp, I don't know where I would be today, but I'm sure it wouldn't be a good place. After this amazing experience, I never felt more called to follow Christ. I just love talking about him, attending worship services, and essentially spending time with him. He is the Prince of Peace, the God of Comfort, and the one who died for me. This is, that is something I still can't fathom today. Someone who had been ridiculed, beaten, mocked, and cast out died for me, for us, and for everyone despite the way that he had been treated, and yet still continues to irrevocably love everybody. There are some days I still struggle, but Jesus still continues to work in my life faithfully and consistently. So that is why today I want to be publicly, I want to publicly express my love for Christ, the way he has worked in my life, and be baptized in his name. A closing verse I wanted to share that helped me for quite a while is Romans 8.18. For the pain you have been feeling cannot compare to the joy that is coming. Amen. <laughs> 
testimony is wonderful. Leanna, are you confessing before us that you're trusting in Christ alone, shed blood for the basis of your salvation? I do, yes. Because of your profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hi, I'm Ashley Thompson. Uh, my testimony is I grew up in a Christian home and always knew that God was there. At a young age, I attended Awana, a Christian club for children, and was led to accept Christ by my Awana leader. I believed in God and knew he loved me, but hadn't fully taken ownership of my faith. I started coming to the chapel in fourth grade and started growing in my faith. Mr. Cullen was my Sunday school teacher, and he really helped me understand the true stories in the Bible and how I could have a personal relationship with Jesus. I began reading my Bible and praying more as I grew in my faith and was learning more about God. In high school, I started sharing my faith with my friends and talking about Jesus. After graduation, I decided to attend Warren County Community College. I became less focused on my faith and began spending less time with God. Though I wasn't cultivating my walk with the Lord, I still attended church and clung close to the morals and beliefs that were rooted for me, rooted in me with God's word. During college, I attended the Ocean Grove Women's Retreat. I could feel the Holy Spirit impressing on my soul. I knew that I needed to take my faith seriously and pursue God in a deep, personal relationship, yet I did not take action to pursue him. Fast forward a few years, and I began to deal Sorry. <laughs> I began to deal with a variety of conflicts and emotional challenges that drove me to a really dark place. <laughs> While living on my own, I tried to cope with everything through my own strength. But it was brought to my attention that I needed help outside myself. I started attending therapy classes in 2021. Through the help of my therapist and the Holy Spirit, I began pursuing God more in prayer and through reading my Bible. Slowly my fixation on earthly things, my anger and my bitterness began to dissipate. The more I prayer, the more I prayed and drew closer to the Lord, the more I felt my mind and soul healing as I took refuge in him. The verse that carried me through the season of my life was Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, and forgive each other just as the Messiah God has also forgiven you. I have now become more focused on the Lord and am shifting my mind to an eternal perspective. I have become more content and peaceful and in continuing to grow the fruits of the Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit alone. One of my favorite quotes is, the presence of silence never equals the absence of God. Even when I'm a season of waiting or feeling like God is not there, I know he never leaves me and is always working behind the scenes. 
Though I am still slowly healing, I am eternally grateful that God has brought me up out of the darkness and shown his loving light on me. I know for certain I am a daughter of the King and that Jesus' death and resurrection has cleansed me of all my sins. I am committing to follow my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever and pursue him every day. So, so one of the things... One of the things that happens in the context of church life and community, you get to watch people's lives. And uh, I, I, I met Narissa and Jose when you guys first came here and have watched the grace of God work and, and grow you guys. And that's just, that's what it's about. That's what church family is about. And Ashley, knowing you, you guys have been coming here for 18 years. So watching what has transpired in your life there is a, a beauty to what God has done in your life that is, it's hopeful and encouraging because we can be around truth, but not eating at the table. And as you've started eating at the table, it's, it's visible in your life. And I know people around you are, are deeply encouraged and, and see that change that God is bringing. So uh, I just want to praise God for, for that in your life. Okay. I always wonder why after baptisms I have more glasses on my desk at home. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's a great blessing. Do you confess that you are trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and him alone as the basis for your salvation? I will. Based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and that alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So this is the other participant in our youth ministry. <laughs> so this is uh, Bob Blackwood. Um, I, I got to know Bob years ago, not face to face. I, did, I had never met him, but I knew about him because Dan Slack, who has a Bible study at his house, where men gather and grow and disciple each other, met this gentleman who came to their Bible study group and uh, was sharing with them how God had changed his life. And I, I don't know about you, but when God changes someone's life, I, I, I want to I be around that, okay? Around people that love Christ passionately. So uh, Bob and I went out to breakfast a couple weeks ago, no intention to talk about baptism and 
he brought up the topic of baptism and uh, asked if he could get baptized. And I said, I, I, we would count it a privilege uh, to participate in that uh, with him. I said, well, you're going to have to share your story of how God has changed your life through the work of Jesus. So he said that he would be glad to do that. He's the only person you'll notice that I didn't require to sit at a computer and write it down because he didn't know what a computer was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a microphone. Does this work? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my name, as he has told you, is Bob Blackwood, and I'm really old. <laughs> uh, I was baptized in the Christian Reformed Church in Patterson, New Jersey, in 1933. <laughs> um, as as uh, Tim wanted to know my most valued uh, Bible verse, and it's, it's not necessarily the most, but the one that got my attention, and that would be uh, Ephesians 2nd verse, verse 8. We are saved by grace through faith. Here comes a punchline, but not of ourselves, but it is a gift from God not by our good works that no man can boast. Do you have a tissue? I do. Hang on. Thank you, sir. I know how Jose felt. Every time I feel the Spirit's presence, the tears roll, and we should never apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, we moved from Patterson, New Jersey when I was five. I was active in a church all my life. I was in a mainline church here in uh, Washington for 56 years. And on about 207, I came to the conclusion that I was royal to an organization and not to Jesus Christ. I did not know his word. Um, the only time I read the Bible was when it was my turn to read in church. And uh, my whole background has been religion uh, from the time I was a kid. And uh, I came to the conclusion that I was going to go to hell and I was in my middle 70s. I had no idea what I could do about it. So a couple weeks later, they started a Bible study in uh, this church. It was called Disciple 1 through 4. It went on for four years. And what we did, we read from Genesis to Revelations every year. A lot of homework. Sometimes we had to read a whole book of the Bible in order to prepare for the uh, Thursday meeting. About the middle of the second year, I woke up one morning, and I the way I referred to my wife was totally different. The way I thought about everything was different. Uh, 
I thought perhaps I had a mini stroke. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Uh, two weeks later, I found out what was wrong with me. The indwelling Holy Spirit that was given to me at that time got on my back. You have to get into prison ministry. And to me, that was funny. I mean, me, I was kind of an introverted personality. Uh, I was only in the Word for about a year and a half. I was not ready for this situation. And, uh, but I don't know if any of you have ever gone on a diet or tried to quit smoking, and it's persistent, persistence, and it would not give up. So finally, I relented, and I made some phone calls, and praise God, everybody turned me down. I didn't want to do that. So about two years later, the, uh, the girl that was in charge of the Bible study, she said, you know anybody wants to go in prison ministry? And I didn't even think twice. I said, yeah, me. And she handed me a phone number. She said, call it. So I called. I got a man in Bangor, Pennsylvania. He wanted to start a prison ministry in the Warren County Jail. I still don't know why. But anyway, he handed me a bunch of papers to fill out for the jail. And uh, about a month later, he called and he said, we start Tuesday at 1230. He's got enough inmates that are interested. So I walked in that prison for the first time, and I was petrified. But to make a long story short, I was there 12 years. I only left because my wife's uh, physical condition deteriorated to the point I didn't want to leave her alone anymore. I lost her three years ago, and we were very fortunate. We were married for 68 years. Uh, you know, I was when I was in a jail once, and I the first time I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, the tears tried to roll, and uh, I said, "This is embarrassing." And my associate in the jail said, "Don't ever apologize when you f feel the Spirit's presence." <clears throat> so I think what we can learn from my experience is that it's never too late. Amen. And my favorite Bible verse, oh, I gave that, didn't I? Yeah. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm going on too long as it is. You know, people are going to leave here pretty soon. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It was, it was the opportunity to witness to people after the jail experience, I felt I was bearing no fruit. And this, this gave me, actually, the only reason these guys are going to get me in this hole here. But <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I look forward to it. And uh, I wondered if you would pray with me, please.
Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Lord, we just praise and glorify your holy name because this is why you created us. And Lord, uh, I would pray that everybody hears my voice might receive your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that sh shadowed the Virgin Mary and Jesus was conceived in her womb, the same Spirit that was Christ at his baptism, the same Spirit that was with the disciples at Pentecost. And Lord, I would just pray that we would all praise and glorify our Lord. For this is the only way we can love him and appreciate him forever. And I pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mr. Blackwood, what a powerful testimony. So are you confessing today that you're trusting in Christ alone, his shed blood as the basis of your salvation? That's all there is, there's nothing else. Amen. Based on the testimony of Christ alone, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I didn't say it, Bob is 90 years old. Right, so, and, uh, become fast friends with people like that. I told I told his grandsons this morning. I said there is a a confidence and modesty in uh, Bob that I admired from being with him a few times. Uh, he knows who he is in Christ, and he's deeply humbled by it. And that's what the world needs to see. So, uh, Bob, thank you. And to each of you that shared your stories today, thank you for your courage. 
And thank you for the blessing uh, to our hearts, uh, from each of you. Uh, so grateful to God, so full of God's grace. So we're going to sing a song that declares God's grace as uh, the last thing we do this morning. And then, uh, Jay, you're going to pray us out, right? Okay. Why don't you stand with us? It, am I forgetting anything that anybody knows? I think we're good. All right. Let's go. gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need His power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven, the future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and never is my plea. Chains are released, I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. With every breath, I long to follow Jesus, for He has said, that he will bring me home 
and day by day I know He will renew me until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. I lift my eyes to the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills where he does my help come from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus, for the help you give us every day and for your spirit that guides us through life's difficulties. We rejoice today with all of these candidates that have taken the step of water baptism and have chosen to live their lives for your glory. May you bless each and every one as well as all who continue to trust in you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let me just say this. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, uh, you have had the privilege this morning of not hearing from preachers, but from friends and family. And... Uh, One of the great blessings in my life is the woman that God sent into my life uh, 30 some years ago, uh, whom you know as my wife. My wife was converted at her mom's baptism service. She was religious, church attending and unconverted, did not know Christ. Knew the story, but did not know what it was to trust him, to see her sin and know that for her there is a great Savior in Christ. It would be a shame if you would feel your heart touched by the stories that you have heard of faith in Christ and not come to know him personally. So find uh, myself, find Doug or James, one of the elders, find someone here that you know, and maybe today's the day that the Spirit of God will touch your heart and change your life forever so that you can as well say, I have one hope, and that is Jesus Christ. Father, bless the hearts of those that have heard your truth, and may it resonate with us, and may it change us by the power of your Spirit. You know the work you're doing in hearts right now. And I pray that you would give people the, the courage, the faith, to trust, to believe, that they sense that you're knocking, that you're drawing, you've been calling them, and they've been resisting. 
If today you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And Father, I pray that there would be some that right now in the quietness of their heart would be saying, Lord Jesus, I believe. I understand for the first time that you stood on Calvary's cross, not to make me moral, but to save me, to forgive me, to change my life. So blessings, Lord, we pray over this wonderful church family and over the friends that are visiting with us today. Glorify Jesus in our hearts through what we have seen. Let it, let it, let it go with us today by your spirit. And we pray these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Amen. God bless you as you go.